0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, my name is James Pywell and this is The 92 Podcast. I'm on a quest to speak to at least one fan from each of the 92 football teams that make up the Premier League, the Championship, League One and League Two. Each episode I'll shine a spotlight on a different club. Talking to their fans, testing their knowledge, and learning what it's like to be a supporter of their team, and what makes supporting their club different from the rest. In this episode, the focus is on a club fighting to remain in the championship. It's Sheffield Wednesday.
1: I thought it was our time in 2016 <laughs> in the play-off final. That, that was
2: the time, and I think we, we we missed a big opportunity there because on that particular day, that game, it was there for the taking. The Sheffield accents—that's uh, that's quite. I liked. I don't live there anymore, but I liked. I like to hear that. I know I'm back back there when I can hear, when I can hear the broad, uh, broad Sheffield accent again.
1: The atmosphere was incredible, and we went two 0 up, and uh, everyone got their phones out and put the lights on, and and that scene of seeing the entire stadium lit up was was quite incredible, to be honest.
0: Now, I don't know too much about Wednesday, other than the fact that their biggest rivals are Sheffield United, and as I mentioned before, they're fighting to avoid relegation to League One, which is why I'm joined on this episode by not just one Wednesday fan, but a Wednesday fan and his dad, to get a sense of what supporting the club is like, and to see if it differs from generation to generation. First of all, let's say hello to Matty. Hello Matty, how are you doing? Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi James, yeah, thanks for having us on. It's it's a bit of a, a weird time to be a Wednesday fan, I must admit
0: is we're recording this five minutes after the derby match is finished so we've got plenty to talk about Um, but before we do that let's also welcome in your dad Chris. Welcome to the podcast Chris.
2: Thanks very much James Uh, and again thanks for having me on.
0: So like I said we're recording five or ten minutes after that match has finished. What are both of your reactions at the moment? What's your feelings?
1: Well I'm hopeful still that we can cling on. (laughs) Basically we've got a situation where Rotherham can't win either of their two games that they've got left, and we have to beat Derby on the last day. So we've seen it before. If anyone knows Wednesday, we probably won't be doing it. But there's still that little bit of hope. So I don't know what you think, Dad.
2: This is exactly what they do to us. So I'm feeling I'm feeling quite calm at the moment, and would be amazed if it all works out next Saturday. In some ways, I think we both we'd, we'd rather they put us out of our misery weeks ago, but uh, but they haven't done so. And I've, I've, this will be the fourth time I've been here, seen them relegated to League One if it happens, or the third tier.
0: So, Chris, does it get any easier after you've already witnessed three other relegations?
2: Uh, no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. It's just what it's like supporting Wednesday. I've thought of myself a few times, because I, I live in the in the northwest in Cheshire, and a lot of people around here support uh, City, United, Liverpool. And uh, I've always wondered, what's it like to support a team that usually wins? <laughs> Never experienced that.
0: So have you been a Wednesday fan all your life, then? I
2: have, yeah. 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 Uh, my, my mother and grandfather are both, well, my mum's still around, both Wednesday fans. So, yeah, I've, I've been going since first game, 19th of October 1968 was when I first went to see them, at home against Wolves. And guess what? They lost
0: 2-0. Did you not see that as a warning sign? <laughs>
2: no. I should have done, shouldn't I? I should have done, but no, no, no.
0: And then obviously you've passed the bug on to your son Matty.
2: Well, yeah. if, well, sort of. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't force him to do it because um, he did have a slight stutter earlier on when he seemed to grow some weird allegiance to Man City, but. uh he soon, yeah. he soon grew out of that and saw, I, saw the light.
1: So uh, I think I need to justify that slightly because that does sound a bit odd. When you grow up in Cheshire, Sheffield Wednesday isn't the hot topic in primary school, I must admit. No. So, yeah, there's there's a lot more talk about Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Everton. So, it, it, it swayed me slightly, but I, I saw the light in the end and uh, I'm a full, fully-fledged Wednesday fan. And Incidentally,
2: you've been suffering ever since. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Uh, my my first game for Wednesday was also a 2-0 home defeat, so we've got that in common.
0: (laughs) We'll come on a bit more to the current season in a little while, but let's delve a little bit deeper into some of your own memories. So let's start with you, Matty. Who are some of the best players that you've seen don a Sheffield Wednesday shirt?
1: Well, by far my favourite player that's played for Wednesday, still playing, is Barry Bannett. He's been with the club for a a lot of years now, but if he if he's on it, we can win a match just because he's playing well, and he's kind of that creative spark that any club could could benefit from. Also, I kind of see him, given that I'm not the tallest person in the world. If I were to be a professional footballer, I think he's he's uh doing what I would do. So <laughs> I feel like he's recreating my my fantasy of being a professional footballer in the way he plays. So. Uh, but my 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 fear is that we go down to League One and he's not a, he's not a League One player. I don't think he's certainly Championship quality and there's even talk of him going to a Premier League team. So a bit concerned about that.
0: What about you, Chris? Who are some of the best players that you've seen for Sheffield Wednesday?
2: <clears throat> well, there have been there have been number, but um, I think going back to the nineteen nineties when we had Chris Waddle. In the team, you know, he's an international. I think by far the best striker I've ever seen for Wednesday was David Hurst, who was sort of around from '86 to '97. Those, those, those are the two probably best players I've seen. But the most, one of the most exciting players was was a guy called Terry Curran, uh, sort of 1979-82 era. Just because he was a little bit flamboyant and, and great at winding other other teams up, and he was quite he, he was skillful as well. He's a bit of a bad lad. I I still really liked him. So the, those have been my best ones.
0: So let's let's flip the coin then. Who were some of the worst players that you've seen down a Sheffield Wednesday shirt? you know the types of players that you just didn't like seeing them play for your, your club. We'll start with you, Chris.
2: During the during the 1970s, we went on a steep decline from going out of the first division right down to the third. And in fact, in the mid 70s, we won the final game of the season against Southend to stay out of the fourth division. So we've had some rubbish players playing for us over the years. What one that one that comes to mind for me was was a defender called Fred McIver. He was just rubbish. Colin West as a striker was was also was was one of the poor, was one of the poorest ones. But um, there there are one or two in the current team who who I would uh, who would rank in worst Wednesday players I've ever seen. Joey <laughs> J- Joey Pellupassi
0: being being one of them.
2: But yeah, there's there's been loads of rubbish ones.
0: So what about you, Matty?
1: Yeah, my, mine are a lot more recent, but there's one. There's one guy I'm trying to think of his name for the last week, and eventually it came to me. Nile Ranger. He played eight <laughs> yeah. games for us on loan. Scored one goal. He probably didn't play very much, but I just remember him as being an awful player. And I'm sure there's a lot of other fans around who think, "Nah, Nile Ranger, he was not. He was not great." So, and there's one of the strikers we've had, a Romanian guy called Sergio. Bush or Bus, who, uh, who played for two years, scored one goal as a striker. So says it all, really.
0: It does. So when you think about specific matches, are there any matches that stand out in your mind as either being positive or, or negative?
1: Well, I'll start by talking about our, our recent playoff hopes, which 2015 16 season we played in the semi final against Brighton. And that home leg for me is the standout fixture that I've, I've ever been to. Uh, we won the first leg two 0 scraped through the second leg. But yeah, in that first leg, it was, it was. Uh, I think it was must have been a Friday night. and The atmosphere was incredible, and we went two nil up, and uh, everyone got their phones out and put the lights on, and and that scene of seeing the entire stadium lit up was, was quite incredible to be honest. Um, went on to losing the final to Hull, but <laughs> don't talk about that. Yeah, and then and then there's one other one other game that. It, it, for most Wednesday fans wouldn't even come to mind because we we drew away to Preston. nothing particularly special there, but I took my friend who supports Liverpool to that game uh, in the away end Wednesday. My whole hope was that he'd get to experience the Wednesday away end, and um, we scored the equalizer in the ninety fourth minute. Adam reached right in front of us. We were sat right behind the goal, so he he got to experience the absolute chaos of the away ends, which which uh, yeah <laughs> which is perfect really.
0: What about you, Chris? What matches stick in your mind? Right, highlights,
1: highlights. <clears throat> for me:
2: the Boxing Day massacre, nineteen seventy nine, Division Three uh, versus Sheffield United, and we won four 0 That was just unbelievable. Stood on the cop at Hillsborough, uh, and we've and we we've, we've sort of uh, we've lived off that forever because they've never they've they've never beaten us four 0 ever since then. So we're still sort of dying out on that one. Um, <clears throat> also, I particularly enjoyed the League One player final in two thousand and five. 40,000 Wednesday fans down at the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff and we, we both went to that and uh, we beat Hartlepool, which you would expect us to have done, but we actually went behind in that game and then and then won in the end. It was just brilliant. And the fact that I took Matthew and he saw us win something was uh, <laughs> something I hadn't nice. seen very, very many times. That was great.
0: So one question that, that sticks in my mind, why did you choose Sheffield Wednesday and not Sheffield United?
2: Uh, who Yes, you asking me now? Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's passed down, really. My mother and my grandfather sort of guided me towards that. My, my dad supported Blackburn Rovers, but we lived in Sheffield at the time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I was just really uh, guided down that route. We, we support Wednesday and uh, that was
0: it. What about you, Matty? Have you ever been tempted, obviously, we've already mentioned Manchester City, but were you ever tempted to kind of rebel against everybody else in your family and support United instead?
1: I couldn't even fathom that idea. <laughs> Um, I, I must admit, I haven't really paid too much interest in the Premier League uh, this season, apart from checking that Sheffield United have lost. That's, the, that's <laughs> the only thing that I've cared about. It would be nice if Leeds had lost a few more as well, but anyway. In fact, <laughs> yeah, you, so you,
2: you haven't been to Bramall Lane, have you?
1: I did go once. I saw a Crew away there, but yeah, that was a. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Wednesday away at Bramall Lane. No, um, mm. no, but it's built in. I don't like Sheffield United. <laughs>
0: So let's delve a little bit deeper into that rivalry. Then we'll, we'll start with you, Chris. What is a rivalry between Wednesday and United like?
1: Well, when
2: I lived in the city and obviously growing up and being at school there, it was quite. Yeah. Uh, there was always a lot of banter, and it was quite. It was quite fierce, but never got. I don't think it ever got out of hand. Um, and you're sort of supported one or the other, and some people have asked, well, who, you know, what, what sort of people, if you like, supported Wednesday or United? Was it was it the was it like the posher people supporting one, or, or 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 was one or more a working class supporter base? And the answer is no, it was it was mixed on mixed on both counts, I think. And since I I, I, I mean, most of my working career has been in the northwest, so I've not lived actually in Sheffield for a long time, so I don't feel I don't feel the intensity of it. At all now, really, apart from on social media, um, and I've got friends who are, who are in Sheffield and, and, and go a lot more than than I ever did, and are still mass, very very passionate about it. So I don't I don't kind of feel the I don't feel any hatred or anything anything like that at all. But uh, if you asked me who plays for Sheffield United, I wouldn't I wouldn't know.
0: <laughs> That's good. So let's let's move it over to you then, Mattis What's your experiences of the Steel City Derby, if any?
1: Oh yeah. Uh... There's, well, unfortunately, my most recent experience was a, a 4-2 defeat, which uh, a lot of Wednesday fans will, will feel the pain of thinking about. But <laughs> I've also seen us win against them, 2-1 at home in about 2010, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I've had, I've had a bit of both, but at the moment, obviously, with the difference in the divisions as well, it's a little bit tricky to think of uh, positives against Sheffield United.
0: So let's think about some of the other rivals rivalries then. You already alluded to the rivalry with Leeds but obviously there's Barnsley, Rotherham and Doncaster as well. What about those teams?
1: Well I have only been to home fixtures against them teams okay. and I think where the real animosity starts is if you go to an away game against particularly Leeds. I think that's, that's, where, it, uh, <laughs> that's where it starts to heat up. Obviously Rotherham, at the moment, if they were to pip us to championship safety, that would probably put a bit of fuel on the fire to to build that rivalry even further when we do play each other next time. There's been a few recent games against Rotherham where uh, 96-minute goals have gone in uh, both ways. So, yeah, it's kind of a little bit saddening to say, but we're almost a similar level to Rotherham at the moment, which doesn't feel like we we should be. We should be a lot bigger than but yeah, that feels like the one at the moment that's got the most uh, most uh, fire to it.
0: So to both of you then, is there any other clubs? Being a Sheffield Wednesday fan, that you absolutely can't stand, other than you know the obvious ones like we've just mentioned.
2: Uh, me for for me, it's Arsenal. When we lost both Cup Finals to them in 1993, they were sort of. Our, uh, Ian Wright was our nemesis at that time, um, <laughs> and he, you know, and even if you're a younger, younger supporter you'll know who Ian Wright is because he's on t- you know he's yeah. on BBC a lot. Um, I just don't Arsenal. I don't like them. Earlier, earlier than that, in, in the 70s again, we had an FA Cup run against Arsenal, and it went to three replays. We didn't have penalty shootouts in those days, so we drew at we drew at Hillsborough, we drew at Highbury, and then a neutral venue was selected, which was Filbert Street, which is where Leicester City used to play. And I think the first the first replay was uh, first replay was a draw, and then Arsenal won the won the second won the <clears throat> won the one after that so I've, I've sort of got a bad history against Arsenal and also in the FA Cup semi Final again in the 80s we lost to Brighton uh, and that was at Highbury yeah Arsenal's not, not my favourite
0: What about you Matty? To don't
1: know well I'm trying to think actually I'm not sure I do have any <laughs> other I don't think I've got any other serious animosities it's just uh, obviously growing up in Cheshire there's a lot of Liverpool and United fans. So yeah. uh, particularly Liverpool, I mean I got one friend who uh, who is a little bit overconfident sometimes and thinks they should be better than they are. So for that reason, sometimes nice to see Liverpool lose, but yeah,
0: that's it. So when we're actually allowed to go to matches, what is the atmosphere like at Hillsborough?
1: Oh, it's electric. There's one thing that I keep keep thinking about that I really I really want to experience again and that's the uh, the song that we, we play out in everyone now kind of shouts out at the start hi ho Sheffield wednesday that yeah that when that moment happens again that feels like we're back this is going to be this is this is it we we're, we're, we're back at hillsborough and yeah it, there's something about wednesday fans there's a there's an extra level of passion if you put 2000 wednesday fans next to 2000 of any other set of fans it's likely that wednesday fans would be and louder uh, have more songs to sing and just generally um, a bit more chaotic, shall we say? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about you, Chris? How would you describe the atmosphere?
2: Well, I've experienced various atmospheres at Hillsborough over the years. It's just the whole. It's the build-up as well. It's driving to the game, parking in a familiar spot, walking down to the ground, and then then you see the ground, and then you start to you just you start to feel the atmosphere. Once you get in amongst the, the fans around the ground, and then you, you go in, and then we might have a we might have a drink and a pie or something before the game, and then you walk up the steps and um, in, actually into the ground itself and see the pitch, and it's just uh, all the memories are there, the, the good feelings and and, and and quite a few bad ones, and then again hearing the uh, hearing the singing when that gets and the cut co- the, the, the the quite witty witty banter, and also the Sheffield accents. That's uh, that's quite. I, I like. I don't live there anymore, but I like. I like to hear that. I know I'm back back there when I can hear when I can hear the broad, uh, broad Sheffield accent again.
0: So, in both of your experiences, what are Sheffield Wednesday fans like?
2: Oh, now, <laughs> got to be
1: careful here.
2: Uh... Yeah, I've got to be very <laughs> careful here because there's a mixture of people who who study the game and have played. I yeah. played football and get it. And aren't, and aren't hugely don't have huge animosity towards the other team. And then there's like every club has a bunch of supporters who, who would see through one eye only, you know, and scream abuse at anything really, and absolutely hate the other supporters and the other team. Um, I, I, don't, I don't particularly enjoy that side of it, but um, it's it's a complete mixture. It's a, especially my age. It's people who've been through the roller coaster several several times, so we're yeah. not we're not surprised by anything. And uh, you know we've probably said that never again. I'm not going again. That's it. But uh, <laughs> but, you, but you can't keep away. You can't you can't stop yourself supporting your team, and you can't stop going.
1: Um, I think there's a, a modern side to it as well with social media. There's a lot of, a lot of fans who are very quick to complain. Uh, it's definitely not just Wednesday fans, but obviously when when I see my social media, there's a lot of Wednesday fans on there. Um, yeah, we. Uh, we're, we're quite vocal um but it's it's that kind of passion that's part of being from sheffield i think it's uh it's built into you
2: i think one of the one of the things is it it is a big club but it also probably thinks it ought to be more successful than it is just because yeah. it's a big club with a big fan base and it's loud and vocal and it just isn't the case so it, it becomes quite you know, over the years, I mean, you still see the fixture list for the next season and and, and see some of the teams you're playing. You, it's almost this uh, feeling of, oh, we can't possibly be playing them. But, as we've found many times, the smaller clubs, when they end up coming to Hillsborough for the first time, and their stadium might be 10,000-capacity-type stadium or something like that, coming to Hillsborough is a cup final for them, and they will raise the game. So, uh you know, the prospect of going down to League One again is not, uh, the thought that, well, we'll come straight back up is, is a load of nonsense. Look at Sunderland and Ipswich.
0: Yeah. So, so what's the relationship like between the club and the fans?
2: <laughs> now or then or when or whatever. Not, it's not great. It's not great because we did have uh, Mr. Chanziri came in and pumped a lot of money into the club. Uh, he's from Thailand. It's all gone a bit wrong. And the feeling is that, he doesn't really understand football properly. He doesn't, doesn't understand Sheffield, and as soon as it's gone a bit wrong, everyone seems to turn against him. We have had a number of a number of managerial appointments over the last last few years. Carlos Cavaliel was probably the best one, but um, Steve Bruce was probably could have been even better, but he walked out on the club, and it's. Uh, you know the stability the stability isn't there at the moment. I don't think, and that's what that's what the fans don't like. We want success, and it's not and it's not coming. So who who can we blame? Um, it's very easy to blame the owner of the club, but uh, he isn't English, but he did pump a lot of money in. So it's not yeah, great not at the great. moment.
0: So let's let's move on to this season. Then you mentioned that you've had quite a few managers over the last few seasons. You've had three this season. Obviously you started out with Gary Monk, and then you mentioned Tony Pulis, and now you've got Darren Moore. Do you think that is the reason why, or at least one of the reasons why Sheffield Wednesday have struggled this year? The fact that they've not had a solid manager all throughout the season?
1: Uh, Yeah, for sure. Steve Bruce was a a very positive looking manager for Sheffield Wednesday. It all seemed to kind of fit. It was such a shame that he, well, I mean, he obviously wanted to go to Newcastle, his his boyhood club, and you kind of have to accept that, Okay, that's what's happened, fine. Gary Monk coming in clearly didn't galvanise the play in any way whatsoever. It, it, it didn't work at all. Fine. Sometimes that happens. Tony Pulis comes in. All right. Tony Pulis. We all know who he is. He's likely to keep the club up. He has 10 games, and then what's expected, people aren't sure, but it is that he's fallen out with the chairman. And he's yeah. given him a few home truths. The chairman hasn't liked him. He's sacked him. No one can be sure that that's happened, but that's, that's the rumour. Um, that moment there, you're thinking, all right, Tony Pulis has just been sacked after ten games. We've got no manager. We're in the relegation zone. What's going to happen here? It takes about uh, it takes a few months to get another manager in. And when we get Darren Moore, okay, this looks good, Darren Moore. But we're now in a situation where we've had three managers. the The team's chopping and changing all over the place. We haven't had a settled goalkeeper even for the whole season, which I mean. Start from the back, and not having that stability throughout the team is yeah, has been a real a
0: real issue. So another one of the contributing factors is obviously the points deduction. It was minus twelve before the season started, but then obviously it was reduced to minus six. What was the feeling amongst the fangs about that whole debacle about the points deduction and everything like that?
2: It was sort of blamed squarely at the chairman's uh, chairman's door. Yeah, you know, and stuff going on behind the scenes with with, with the books and the the, the accounting system. Um, you know, if we if we did try to if we did try to do something which was a little bit in a grey area, and we got we got found out, didn't we? And if we did get found out for doing something wrong, we deserve the we deserve the penalty. But it put us on the back foot before the season even started.
1: Yeah, I, I was a little bit optimistic about this season. Wednesday had had three seasons before that where we'd been mid-table and nothing had really happened, there was almost a sense of excitement almost about the fact we were going into the season with almost no chance of staying up. What happens if we do stay up? It'll be a great season. Uh, And then when it got reduced to six points after a few games, you think, okay, this is looking good. We'd won the first few games as well. So it it felt like it was going to be a a positive season at the end of the day. Uh, Since then, we've we've been very inconsistent. um, and it's turned into a bit of a disaster. I don't know if people will blame the fact that we had the six-point deduction on the relegation. I still think we've been one of the poorest teams in the division regardless, so I wouldn't complain if we got relegated. I think we do deserve to go down. And yeah, having the points deduction hasn't helped.
0: Obviously, if you hadn't have got that points deduction, you would still be very much in the relegation picture anyway. Where else do you think it's gone wrong this season?
1: Not having a prolific goal scorer. <laughs> yeah actually yeah our top goal scorer this season is josh windass with nine goals which says it all really i mean to not get someone into double figures is a bit disappointing uh yeah we lost stephen fletcher in the summer he was a huge a huge reason why we were maintaining our mid-table mediocrity and potentially pushing for the playoffs and yeah he went over to stoke and that was a, that was a big blow as it turned out
0: so you spent nine seasons in the championship now and let, let's do each scenario separately. If you were to stay in the Championship, what needs to change? <laughs>
1: We've got a bit of an issue where I think it's 13 players are still in contract at the end of this season. So yeah. a rebuild is going to happen regardless of the division we're in. I, I do fear that we're going to struggle again next season if we, if we stay up um, because we haven't got squad depth at the moment and the players we buy in will have to, to gel it doesn't sound very positive does it when I put it like that <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's go with the relegation scenario obviously we don't want that to happen but last time you were in league one it only took you two seasons to get promoted back to the championship do you think it'll be that quick this time
2: uh, very difficult to say I'd like to think so I, I don't think it would be realistic to think we're gonna if we do get out we're going to run away with the with the league one title next season but uh it wouldn't surprise me if we were up at the top six the whole season. Do you think
1: but that? Then, I'm not. I'm not sure.
2: I think so because I think they would. They would got. To, well, obviously a lot of players are out of contracts, so they're going. So that's the end of that. So we would have to get some. They would have to get some more players, and then you just you just kind of it's fingers crossed. One of them surely is going to gel and then be and, and, and be really good. But yeah, I, I would be. I would
1: be hopeful. We do have money to actually buy players if we wanted to, which a lot of League One teams don't. So. That should stand us in good stead. I mean, money doesn't always get you success in football. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, we've, we've got a chance. Uh, I'm just concerned that we'll, we'll be following in the footsteps of uh, Sunderland, Portsmouth, Ipswich. Yeah.
0: You were relegated from the Premier League in the year 2000, so you've been out of the top flight 21 years now. Mm. Do you ever think that you'll get back into the top flight?
1: I thought it was our time in 2016 uh, <laughs> in the play- that, that, final. That, that, that was the time, that, and I think
2: we. we... We missed a big opportunity there because on that particular day, that game, it was there for the taking. Uh, it was, ironically, it was Steve Bruce managing them that day, and uh, he, he had a game plan to win the game. We, we, we had a plan, that, you know, it was going to be a brilliant occasion if we were going to beat Hull, but Steve Bruce outdid out, out us that day, that's for sure. Downhill since then, but yeah, I think we could get up, but I don't think it would be without a huge injection of money into the club. Whether that would be a different owner or what, I, 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 I have no idea. Incidentally, the last uh, the last Premier League game I saw at Hillsborough was uh, was Sheffield Wednesday one Chelsea
1: nil. I mean, there's a there's another aspect to this as well about Wednesday being in the Premier League is that a lot of uh, Wednesday fans have actually got a season to get waiting for them. But when we do get into the Premier League, because we started selling. 10-year season tickets from the moment we got promoted to the Premier League so it's kind of a crazy situation that the chairman's got himself in but he was so confident that we would get up when he when he joined the club uh January 2015 he said we'll be in the Premier League in two years time we we nearly did but but then we didn't yeah, yeah. And now it's it's gone downhill a bit and he's he's uh yeah he's he struggled
0: so we touched upon COVID a little bit before. Do you think if fans had been had have been able to get into the stadiums this season, that Sheffield Wednesday would find themselves in the position they're in now?
1: I think it has made a huge difference. I mean, just just watched the game empty empty Hillsborough, and you can just it's it's almost eerie. And I I do yeah. think, especially away games, Wednesday fans do make a difference. And yeah, I I really I really genuinely believe that we wouldn't be down in the, in the bottom three had we had fans this season
0: so we're now going to move on to uh, a little bit that we always do with with the fans of each club we're going to put together uh, sheffield wednesday all-time 11 now you can either do separate ones each or you can collate your ideas together which one do you want to do
1: oh, should well, we collate I, it have you already that, done it i've, I've done well, one yeah i have done if you, one yep have you done one that includes modern players
2: uh, <laughs> no because there aren't any you who are good enough to be my uh, top 11
1: well the only one I would put in is Barry Bannon out of the mm-hmm. if you want it. but then obviously you're just going to do a lot of the 90s team right he, he, so,
2: he's listed as my favourite current player by the way Barry Bannon so I'll give well you, I
1: would also I'll put you that. on the subs bench ready to come on if you want yeah. but I've got to mention it. All right, well, well, we'll just do yours, Dad, and then I'll throw in my suggestions for a few players. give I my
2: mean, goalkeeper will be Martin Hodge, who in the 1980s made 214 consecutive appearances for Wednesday. Uh, he was just a solid keeper. Uh, my back four will be Roland Nielsen, who was a, over 100 matches for Sweden, Des Walker, England International, Nigel Worthington, uh, Northern Ireland International, and Nigel Pearson. They, they would be my back Forward. Nigel Pearson lifted the, uh, the the League Cup trophy in 1991 when we beat Manchester United in the final. So that's my that'll be my back four. Uh, in midfield, I would have Chris Waddle, John Sheridan, uh, and then two from a long way before the guy called Tommy Craig, who was with West, from 1968 to 80, 74. Uh, Ginger head guy came from Aberdeen. Subsequently, was with Newcastle and uh, Aston Villa and Hibernian. And then the last one, a little jinky winger called Eric Potts, who was with Wednesday in the 70s. And at the time, I obviously played football at school and everything. I was a winger, so I just liked him because he was uh, he was an exciting little winger. I liked him a lot. And then up front, I would have David Hurst and Terry Curran. That would be my 11.
1: Yeah, mm, it sounds pretty good. I mean, I've heard of... Uh, Most of their names. I haven't heard of the guy (laughs) from the 60s, I must admit. Uh, Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, But then, yeah, (laughs) my favourite players that we've had at at Barry Bannon, as I mentioned, midfield. I would also throw in Mikel Antonio as a winger option. I mean, he's gone on to do great things. I'm I'm a a little bit surprised that no one's mentioning him for the England squad, I must admit. I mean, Jesse Lingard's coming at West Ham and. uh, and uh, got all the publicity but Mikel Antonio has been there for a while doing doing very well for them. And he, yeah, he played for us for a couple of seasons and then went on to Forest and then West Ham after that. And then, uh, uh, you could say it's a bit of a a, a joker but um, Adde <laughs> he up front for us, uh, he was a six foot five Kosovan forward we had for about seven years I think and he only uh, left the club last season. He... Uh, <laughs> Uh, some he divided the fans should we say some some liked him some didn't but what he did consistently was be uh, at top of the scoring charts uh, or at least up there and we brought in a lot of strikers he was always kind of the choice at the most for us but he seemed to always get, get the odd goal and there's something very exciting about seeing a 6 foot 5 player do a skill take someone on <laughs> nutmeg it's like wow who are you doing that I can't believe it um, but i I don't think I'd rank him in the same bracket as David Hurst. <laughs> uh, no.
0: No. So I was going to ask if, if there was any players from this season that would go into Ivory of your all-time 11s, but I think we've answered that one with... Yeah, Barry, Bannon. Barry Bannon's yeah. the one.
2: Yeah. No one else, I don't think. No, none of them would go to mine, that's for
0: sure. No. So has there been any positives that you can take from this season?
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't have a transfer embargo. Yeah, that might be the only thing. We're, we basically went out of the three-year cycle of financial fair play and went back to zero. That's been the positive of the season, by taking the points deduction, which says it all. The, yeah. the positive
2: for me was that one or two younger players have, have managed to break into the, the first team squad. And, and as usual, we've messed up there because I think one of the one of the best ones I've seen is a, a guy called Liam Shaw, and he will be leaving at the end of the season. Um, yeah, he's,
1: he's on his way to Celtic, isn't he? He is, yeah. But you, you'd say fair enough to that now I mean yeah, would you rather be playing Champions League football or Forest Green over the way in League 1 <laughs> <laughs> assuming they get promoted that is uh,
0: that is yeah. a very fair point so what does in your opinion what does the future look like for the next you know four or five seasons for Sheffield Wednesday
2: well um, it, it Unexpected could... wins, disappointing home defeats, and, uh, <laughs> and and a number of a number of draws with when the opposition equalised in the ninetieth minute, probably.
1: <laughs> ah, so pretty similar to the last ten years then. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <sports he> is. <laughs> yeah,
1: I wouldn't um I wouldn't bet on Wednesday doing a rapid rise from League One to the Premier League. I don't think they've got that infrastructure around this, around the club to. To really achieve that, it may happen, but I don't think it's a likely scenario. The most likely scenario is we uh, maintain our mid-table mediocrity in the Championship for the next five years or go down to League One, come back in two years' time and we'll be back there mid-table mediocrity.
0: So if you think ahead to five seasons in the future, do you think there'll be many players that are currently in the team still at the club?
2: Uh, No, I doubt it. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah i am trying to think of the younger players who 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 would would be with us no. oh, i
2: can't think of any um, who, who i think uh, unless liam palmer's still there because has been yeah, forever, Li- already. yeah
1: liam palmer will still be there he's been here since about 2010 so why not <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the final thing that we always ask each guest to do is to pitch your team so if you're meeting somebody who's completely new to football you've got to convince them that Sheffield Wednesday is the club to support Um, we'll go with you first Chris how would you pitch it to them
2: oh well he'd say well come along come along to a game and you'll find out you'll you'll enjoy you'll enjoy what the supporters offer Um, you'll 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 get used to the roller coaster ride and um, if you end up following them away again you'll have some you'll have some very exciting fun days out but but I would. Um, there's a word of warning. Don't expect us to win all the games
1: because
2: because we don't. But that you, It
1: just, just doesn't happen like that. Yeah, I mean, I focus on the certainly the the away fans. Being in that uh, that block of fans in the corner of the ground, you, you 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 can basically silence a stadium with with a with a set of Wednesday away fans, and it's a it's a very fun experience. And you know you know what it's going to be like going to an away day, regardless of. Well, unless we're 4 nil down at half time maybe. It's uh, it's going to be a, a good atmosphere. So, yeah, that's that's the main thing for me.
0: So the final question, it's going to be a tough one. Do you think you will be in, in the championship next season? <laughs> uh,
1: no, because we've got to beat Derby rather than have to lose or not win one of two, two games. and. <laughs> That's that's too many things to go wrong. We're always rubbish against Derby as well, and even I, I still think Rotherham got looted away on Tuesday, and they'll probably just win that one nil and not be that. <laughs> yeah. It's out of our hands. Can't I can't say that we will be.
0: What about you, Chris? I'd Do you like, think you'll be I'd in like, the championship? I'd like to
2: think so, but uh, but but my head says no. <laughs> no, we won't. We won't be. We won't be. But it won't stop us supporting them. It won't stop us. Uh, it won't stop us going when we when we can again.
1: No, and there's uh, apart, something exciting any, about it. Apart
2: from anything else, there's a potential for, for a lot of new grounds for me yeah.
1: next season. Exactly, I was going to say the same thing. That's, <laughs> that's the exciting thing. We've been in a Championship for so long, it'd be nice to have a few new, few new grounds to go to and new teams to see come to Hillsborough.
0: And just one final thought. How has it felt, obviously you know that relegation is on the cards, how has it felt that it's been delayed for so long? Like you think it's going to happen and then it doesn't.
1: Well, you can relate to this as a Grimsby fan.
0: I can, yes.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it, it, false hope is the way I've described it to people. Uh, they're, yeah. they're like, well, Wednesday of 1, it's like, no, all they're doing is giving us false hope. That's all it is. <laughs> it draws it out. Um, something There's something nice about getting relegated early on, in a way, is that you don't have that drama week after week, but Ultimately, you still want your team to stay up, so it's quite nice oh, that yeah. they are—they are still in contention to stay up.
0: It's definitely the hope that kills you, isn't it? <laughs> <you? laughs>
1: it is. It is. I,
2: I just—I just wanted to give a, a, if I may, a quick shout out to some uh, some old Absolutely. old Wednesday fans who uh, have been more dedicated than I have of going. Two of whom are season ticket forever. That's Graham and Stuart, and uh, they they would probably say the same sort of things as I have. And there's another guy, Dave, over in Brisbane in Australia. Uh, and uh, another mate of mine, Tiffer, and going back a long way, with myself, Stuart, and Tiffer. Uh, you know when you can sponsor players and things like that. Well, yeah, there was a time when you could sponsor. You could sponsor the kit, and they broke it down into shirts, shorts, and socks. And we actually sponsored Imri Berardi socks for one season. All three <laughs> of us. So it's in, in the project, t- Chris Tiffer and Stuart. In River socks sock sponsor, every every program it costs about ten quid between us or
0: something. If you could sponsor any item of clothing that on any Sheffield Wednesday player currently, what would it be? Oh, wow. Just a random question for you there. Well, with the I'd price, have.
2: with the price of everything, it'd probably be as a full one stud or something.
1: In the <laughs> <case>. <laughs> Barry Bannon's back left stud. Yeah, that's what I'd have. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Barry
1: Bannon's comb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does have a bit of a dodgy haircut, doesn't he?
0: <laughs> well, thank you both for agreeing to come onto the podcast. And seriously, best of luck to Sheffield Wednesday. I I do like Wednesday, and I hope they do play Championship football next season. But if not, I hope they can swiftly get out of League One.
1: Thank
2: you. I did, can I? I did see, I did see us lose one 0 at Grimsby once as well.
0: And Matty, just before we go, you've got a project of your own, haven't you? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? It's
1: called Wall Charts Three Hundred and Sixty. Um, Basically, it's a bit of design work that I've been doing to uh, uh, create posters for football fans. So I've currently got Euro twenty twenty wall charts available, and they're very modestly priced. And the expectation, really, the hope is that people will uh, add donation to charity. So we're partnered with Cancer Research this this season. So uh, we've got Euro twenty twenty wall charts to start with, and then when the uh, fixtures come out, um, I'll be producing a wall chart for every team in the ninety two if, if anyone wants to uh have a look.
0: How can we find that? Is it is it on social media? Yeah
1: Twitter and Instagram is the main place and it's just at Wall Charts three sixty.
0: Awesome, we'll definitely check that one out. Thanks again to both of you for joining me on this episode
2: thanks thanks very much yeah thank you james
0: once again thank you to matty and chris for talking to us and of course thank you for listening If you'd like to help me on my quest to speak to at least one fan from each of the clubs in the 92 and talk all about your club you can find us on twitter at the 92 podcast or email us the 92 podcast at gmail.com don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast so that you don't miss an episode next time i'll be talking to another fan from another club in the 92 see you then